Hey everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894. This is the official podcast of Louisiana Tech University. Uh, we've got a sort of orientation-themed podcast for you today. Uh, our guests for this episode are Elton Taylor, Haley Rivers, and Jacob Thomas. Uh, thank the three of you for being here today, guys. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Of course. So, like I said, we're going to talk orientation. You guys all have sort of different roles uh, in orientation, and we kind of just wrapped up. I know that you're, you guys are sad about that, but um, we're going to talk about kind of what orientation means to you guys and, you know, why it's important, why it's special here, uh, what it takes to kind of function within orientation. Um, I know that you guys have a lot of experience with it. So let's get started. Elton. How has your role changed over the last few years as far as your involvement with orientation goes? Um, it, it has changed drastically. Uh, I first took over this position in 2017 uh, from my predecessor, Andy Klein. And so that first year was all about just training and watching him and uh, and learning, you know, the backside. I was an orientation leader in 2013 and then an exec member in 2014. So I knew the student side. So I needed to watch from him uh, for a year. And then from 2018 until really early, uh, 2021, um, it, it was me. I had the great support from our director of first year programs at that time, Jen Carter, um, and a lot of leeway to be able to run orientation in the way that I had seen it um, whenever I was a student. Uh, because in 2018, we actually moved from office admissions over to uh, the bark and first mm -hmm. year experience. So it was new leadership, uh, kind of new philosophies, new ways of looking at things. But they gave me a lot of grace um, and the ability to to keep the traditions of the program, mm -hmm. uh, how they had been. And then uh, 2021, Jen Carter left. So we knew that there was going to be uh, that spot to fill. And it was something that was very difficult to decide, OK, how am I going uh, to go about this next year? Am I going to apply for the job and hopefully get it? Am I going to stay in the position and let someone else come in and then maybe dictate how they want orientation to look? Uh, so I did make that call uh, to to step up to apply. Thankfully, I was given that role. And um, so then from pretty much January 22 on, mm -hmm. uh, there was the expectation. Someone new is about to come in. They're going to take over. And Elton, you're going to take that step back, which was very hard to come to terms with. Um, but thankfully, what I've experienced since then is that uh, it's not a handoff. It's not a just step back and wash my hands of it. That I'm, Our department is still very involved. Um, you know, orientation is under the FY umbrella. So I get to be a part of it. I got to uh, watch Jordan Richardson, our coordinator this past year, and help him learn the ropes just like Andy Klein did for me back in 2017. So it's been, you know, waves of, you know, stepping back a little bit. And now that uh, Jordan has actually left the university for a great position uh, at another institution, uh, you know, stepping back more into that uh, direct oversight role for orientation. So talk about some of the duties of your job then, because it sounds like it, they've changed a little bit, but you've always been directly involved with orientation. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the, the main roles are selecting uh, and training a staff and helping them to coordinate and run the orientation programs itself. Um, so, you know, these two leaders that you have, uh, we have with us today, mm -hmm. they are a product of that, you know, from the selections that goes on throughout the uh, end of fall, winter quarter, um, you know, plug on when that's going to happen. You know, if you're a student that's looking at applying um, in October, we're going to have applications. We're going to have interest meetings. Um, but all of us at some point have sat down in one of those interest meetings and that's mm -hmm. ran by the, the coordinator and our executive council. Um, and so 
doing that, training them, being in the classroom in the spring. There's a full three-hour class that orientation leaders take uh, where we train them how to be the best orientation leader, how to be intentional, how to help them help the incoming students learn about the policies and procedures of tech. So um, that's pretty much the biggest role with orientation, but now balancing it with my roles in FYE uh, in once we get them on campus, how do we make them feel like they belong? How do we make them feel like this is a place that they can be? Um, and so there are many stories across campus and across orientation leaders of I wouldn't still be here if it right. wasn't for an orientation program, if it wasn't for an upperclassman that you know showed interest, that helped me get plugged in. So that's our goal with Orientation FYA is just to help these freshmen, help these first-year students find their little piece of the tech family, their little bit of the community um, and a place they can call their own. Yeah. And OSLs have a lot to do with that. No doubt. Um, so we're going to talk to a couple right now. Um, Jacob, let's kick it to you for a second, man. All right. Um, you have been an OSL, but your role was a little bit different this past year, right? As an exec. Yes. So talk about, actually, you know what? Let's back up. Where are you from? I'm from Mangum, Louisiana, uh, right? Just a little bit outside of uh, Monroe, uh, but that I went to high school in Monroe, so I kind of claimed both at times. Okay. So at what point during your career here at Tech did you decide that OSL was something that you wanted to, to shoot for? Well, I had, um, again, like Elton has already kind of mentioned, some mentors that came in and kind of brought me up mm -hmm. because coming into Tech, I went to orientation uh, and, you know, I was late on it, but I got to into that fourth session, which is the last session of the summer. And I got my stuff and I was excited to come to tech, but like seeing those orientation leaders on the stage doing their fun stuff. And then also like all their knowledge about tech at the time, that was not something that was me. That was not me at all. Right. Uh, I've told people that so many times. Uh, but then those guys that I first met coming into tech, um, they really saw that in me, even when I didn't see it. And they found a way to bring it out in me and said, Hey man, like just go to instrument, just go see what it's about. Go talk to some people. Uh, and then, you know, thankfully I did, uh, ended up trying out and eventually got put on staff, uh, in 2021. Uh, and so that was just a really awesome time for me because there was so much leadership and just a different person that I had never mm -hmm. seen in myself that came out. And I'm very glad that, uh, those guys pushed me to do that uh, back in 2021. Yeah. And so you apparently liked it so much you decided to stick with it because yeah. you had a role, you know, this past. So talk about the differences between sort of that OSL role and then sort of the exec role that you've been in this past summer. Yeah. So um, I guess as an orientation leader, you're mostly uh, it's your first time, you know, in the orientation program working for tech. Um, and so it's a little different than being in like student organizations, um, because you are a part of this university, like, like facility, mm -hmm. like you are working for tech. Um, you're having to go put that face on in front of people. Uh, and so you're really dealing with those freshmen when they first come in, you're trying to show them like why they chose tech, like, Hey, this is where you're, where you belong. Uh, and so you're trying to help them get ready to sign up for classes, mm -hmm. uh, financial aid, literally any questions they might have, they're coming to you uh, because it is hard to talk to, you know, faculty here at Tech sometimes because you just you feel nervous. It's your mm -hmm. first time being in this type of environment. So having a student leader uh, really, really is huge uh, for these incoming students. And so that's what you're mostly doing as an orientation leader. But then um, this year as, as an executive member, uh, I served as the student assistant, uh, which is basically direct 
backup to the coordinator Mm -hmm. uh, for orientation. And so I'm supposed to step in and fulfill any duties that he may not be able to if he's away for some reason. Um, And I also, uh, the biggest part of my job really is I get to help select the staff uh, with the coordinator and then the other people in the interview process. Um, And so having that student voice to say, hey, like, these are people that I either know or I don't know, but also I, I know how they've come up in mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech because I was a student in their shoes as well. Uh, so I really got to enjoy, you know, helping put together a staff for this year uh, who really did a, an amazing job, um, probably the best I've ever seen uh, in my, you know, four years here now. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do care a lot about these freshmen. Uh, and so the other part of my job as an executive member is just being there for the staff yeah. uh, because they don't know what they're doing. Like I remember in my shoes, like, yeah. I was like, I really have no clue how to be an orientation leader. It's it's so scary. Um, but those executive members are there every step of the way. Uh, and we, you know, make that connection between the coordinator and the staff, you know, because sometimes like we can be on different pages, but we try and bring everybody together, just get them excited for the year. And then once that summer comes around, it's just we we take a complete step back and we hardly do anything over the summer. We just yeah. have fun. Um, and let the orientation leaders handle it. So that's, I guess, a little bit from the executive side. Things. Yeah, and I'm, I guess you enjoyed being involved in that capacity, yes. even though it was, it was different from yes, the OSL experience. And, I mean, Haley, it sounds like both these guys had something to do with, you know, passing you along into the the, orient, the OSL sphere this summer. Um, what made you want to try out for OSL? Oh, I knew coming into college that I definitely wanted to get involved on campus. Um, I Where are you from? I'm from Bossier, so okay. only about an hour away. Um, but I've been involved in organizations my entire life. And um, <clears throat> finding a sense of identity in like an organization I think is huge for a sense of belonging at an institution. Um, and so when I went through my own orientation, I was similar to Jacob. I was a fourth session kid. I didn't Really, what is up with you guys? I know. Waiting too late to book your schedule. I didn't really immerse myself into the experience of being at orientation and soaking it all up and um, observing the 22 staff is when I was really like, okay, this could be a great opportunity. And um, again, like how Jacob mentioned, other people were like looking out for me and, um, sought me to tell me that I would be a great orientation leader. And when other people see those qualities in you, it's just very affirming. Um, but I knew from the very beginning that I was going to get involved in this university and I was going to try to leave as big of an impact as I could without a donor bank account. So I definitely, maybe one day, right? (laughs) Maybe one day for sure. But I definitely knew I wanted to get involved in orientation is the best possible way to do that. Um, just, after the experience, I tried out my um, sophomore year. So after the experience of like going through my first year, understanding the struggles of being a first year student firsthand. And um, I'm also first generation. So knowing all of those extra struggles that come along with that um, and being able to relate to these students while still um, affirming them in their decision of choosing Louisiana Tech and offering them the resources that are available on this campus and making them feel able more than anything has been just so incredibly rewarding. I, I feel like you guys are going to have similar answers for this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So in your OSL experience, so Elton, think back a little bit, a little bit, a little bit ago. I think I, I, think I can think back. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was the most special part of that to you? So I know it's going to probably be, you know, have to do with helping these students find their home here. But, you know, speak to why that 
left an impact on you because you're still here now, like I said, in an, a capacity with orientation. So talk about that. Um, Haley kind of mentioned herself. I mean, being a, a brand new first year college student, I was also a first generation um, from a small town uh, mm-hmm. in Farmable. And so, I mean, right up the road and I was going to be commuting and um, having no knowledge of college. I didn't even know what orientation was. My parents didn't. They just woke me up one morning and said, hey, drive to Ruston. You're going to orientation. <laughs> um, and so showed up and it was from the first thing I saw those leaders get on stage that of seeing that these are people that are just a couple years older than me mm-hmm. that care enough uh, to take time out of their summer when they could be doing internships, making much more money than we'll be ever be able to pay these leaders. They could be going on trips, vacations, just spending time with family and friends and the sacrifices they made. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of resonated with me. And so, you know, that was in 2009 coming to orientation. So a few years later, being able to be that leader, um, there's a moment in orientation and we often say it's right after presents our, our big show that we put on where um, the freshmen, the first year students, they stop looking at OSLs as leaders and they start looking at them as peers. Yeah. Um, and so having those moments of people come up and say, oh, my gosh, how do I do this? How can I? You know, I love tech now. And how can I be a part of it? And how can I make this experience even better? Um, and so that was like one of those big moments for me whenever. I said, okay, you know, this is beyond us. This is beyond anything that we could ever want to do. Um, and the reason why we might apply and be an orientation leader, whether selfish or not, like it's for these people um, because every one of them doesn't have the support system at home of um, of a family that can either afford to pay for college or knows about college and can help you walk through those very <laughs> nerve-wracking situations like scheduling classes, signing up for financial aid, whatever it may be. So knowing that there's at least one person on your side, in your corner, um, that will answer a text message at midnight. Uh, I feel bad for these orientation leaders because their phones blow up during the summer. They have <laughs> yeah. over a hundred new contacts in their phone and it's nonstop. Hey, when's this date? What's going on here? How yeah. do I do this? So, um, I don't know. It's just amazing to see the, the effort that's put in and how it definitely pays off. Yeah. I'm going to, um, alter the question just a bit for you, Jacob, because I think, you know, um, you're two years removed from your time as an OSL. Um, Speak to sort of the camaraderie between like a cohort of OSLs and how that's evolved over the last couple of years for you. Oh, man. Um, Well, for for me, like I loved myself so much. Uh, We really were it's it's weird because you you get in that room uh, after you open your selection letters that morning and and then you get in a room with some people you might know of yeah uh, but then like it's so crazy to think that not even half a year later um, like we just ended our stuff last night at our little banquet we had um, and then it's like you can't leave these people like it's so hard uh, to even to even leave the banquet because you just you know that's probably the last time you're all going to be together. Uh, it really is an incredible experience that um, it's it's hard to describe um, from the outside looking in. Um, and so those those people are always going to be there for you, um, even as much as you're there for those freshmen, like your staff's there for you. Uh, and so they really are uh, some of my best friends. I love my staff uh, so much. But then even like from this side, like being on, on exec for these kids, um, like it 
has been such a blessing to know these guys. Um, and they care about me and I care about them, um, way more than, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm, I'm actually still going to be here for a quarter while the rest of our exec is graduated and gone off. And so I keep telling myself, I'm like, Hey y'all, like I'm here till November. I need y'all to like text me. I need to go eat. Yeah. Like, let's go do something because I'm going to be here, you know, kind of almost by myself a little bit. Sure. I still have people around, but, um, it's, it's so cool to know that like these people are down for anything at any time. Um, and just like, you know, they are for their freshmen. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a great family. Um, and even like between staffs, not even just your staff, like you see the other staffs care for the new staff every year. Um, they, they always get them little gifts and mm-hmm. notes of encouragement and things like that throughout their time as an OSL. Uh, and it just continues down the line. So it really is a huge family. Yeah. And I'm going to again, tweak the question and ask you Haley to kind of look into the future a little bit. How has this summer and the experience as an OSL this summer, how is that going to sort of change your perspective and the way you handle yourself here at tech moving forward? So when we take our class in the spring, um, we are like fully immersed into Louisiana tech and everything it has to offer resources that I didn't even know were available, um, everything like that. So going through that class and building that bond before that first ever orientation session, I would say is like the most crucial part of orientation. We're laying that firm foundation on our love for Louisiana tech and really seeing how deep that it runs. Um, and like Jacob said, it definitely trickles down, um, from there. But when you do put um, 20 or so people on a staff that all love Louisiana Tech because they tried out for this Mm -hmm. position and they know kind of what it entails and they've planned um, to essentially surrender their entire summer to um, fulfilling the duties of this job and of making these connections and pouring into these students, um, it does cultivate like a huge family. Um, we get cultish a lot. Um, <laughs> and people tell us we're all in love with each other and it's kind of true. Yeah. Like we, the things that we go through together, the connections that we make with one another definitely trickle down to the love and gratitude that we have for this university. And then again, into our freshmen. Um, so it is a well oiled machine, um, that, all is rooted in the love that we have for Louisiana Tech and the love that we want to then um, translate to our freshman students um, so that they feel that same way. And it's just when you feel so deeply for something like a university and the experience that you've had here with, you know, 19, 20 of your bestest friends on this campus that were strangers seven months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something you can't deny. There is something in the Kool-Aid here. You can't you can't deny the magic that, you know something like that can bring. So let's talk about the summer a little bit, because I know that it, it starts before the summer. It carries on long after, but the, you know, the meat and potatoes of orientation obviously is during orientation during the summer. Um, let's talk about like an orientation week because, you know, orientation itself is, you know, a couple days or whatever, but I know that it it's takes a whole week of prep and planning. And even I'm sure by the time you get to the fourth one, there's still, you know, a lot that goes into it. So talk about kind of like, the average sort of week of the summer for you during orientation? No sleep for sure. Sure. Um, but it's worth it. So an average week looks like, um, us individually prepping for our freshmen with 
gifts, buttons, letters, things like that, um, pouring into them right off the bat, texting Mm -hmm. them. So excited to get them and get them on campus and kind of get them oriented before they even step foot here, um, uh, confirming their major, getting all of the loose ends tied up before they get here. And then um, Wednesday is check-in. So we get there early, we set up check-in, and we spend essentially 12 to 4 meeting these new students and parents and um, basically just welcoming them and giving them kind of a schedule rundown for the rest of the week. And um, so I was basically in like something called a U, um, which there were three of us and we students would come and check in and they would come fill up our use and we would give them a spiel on like everything that they get in their drawstring bag. And that was Mm -hmm. just super exciting. And we just asked them questions like where they were from and um, kind of helped to break that ice a little bit. Um, And then that night we, no break, um, we, (laughs) we eat, um, we get ready for group meeting and then we go to dog days, which is where they get their first glimpse um, of like Louisiana tech spirit with our Mm -hmm. pep rally. Um, which is super exciting. And we stay down there and we teach them all of the fun dances that we do. And um, they get to see the heart of downtown Ruston and get to know the area a little bit. Um, and then we go to bed at what, two-ish in the morning? <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then we wake up um, the next day, essentially do it all again. But this time we're having the welcome session and we're prepping for presents. And so Thursdays is always our favorite days. Um, that's also the time that we get to serve the students the most. Um, so during 12 to four ish, um, students will have, we'll have group meeting and then students will have, um, their advising sessions. So the orientation leaders walked back and forth with them to their advising, asking them about questions, meeting advisors, faculty members that they may not have met before, um, things like that. And then we're really just getting them hyped up for our show that night presents, which is super exciting. And then, after presents, um, like Elton was saying, the ice is broken from there yeah. for sure. Um, they see us as peers. They see us having fun on stage, laughing. You know, it's a show by college students for college students. Mm-hmm. So it is truly an unmatched experience. And people talk about it forever. World renowned, honestly. <laughs> um but so we do presents. And then after that, it's just so exciting to go into the quad with our group signs and lead them to our Lambright party afterwards and mm-hmm. just asking them about presents. And that's when they do start asking, hey, how do I do this? How can I get connected? And that feeling, that gratification that you get from someone that is looking up to you or talking about your role in presents or things like that, it's like shows that even a small role, my best friend Riley was a Christmas tree and mm-hmm. people still talk about her to the, yeah. like to this day. And it's just little things like that, um, that are just so sweet that they look up to. And then the next day is our ever loyal goodbye, which is always so sad. And, um, it's our final group meeting where we kind of tie up loose ends, um, introduce them to the boss process, um, the advising process, the racing form, everything like that, that they'll need later down the road. And we basically just give them our contact information and tell them you're not done with me yet. You get me your entire first year. If you need anything, I'm here. Um, and then we say goodbye, um, which is really sad, but it was, it is a tremendous opportunity and it was so much fun. So talk a little bit about Jacob if you can remember the difference between that first orientation and then your fourth one, like I'm guessing you sort of get used to it, even though it's still just as busy, right. but you kind of get your confidence in and then, you know, yeah. Do you remember like being nervous yeah. for that first one and then oh, yeah. not quite as nervous for your fourth one or was it, you know, no, no, definitely. Um, and like I said earlier, like you get in there and you're like, yeah, I'm so excited. Like I just tried out and now I'm an orientation leader. And then you get in that class. You're like, 
oh my gosh, I maybe should not, maybe yeah. I shouldn't be an orientation leader because I don't know anything. Um, and so I do remember like, you know, going to our first, uh, session and I actually pulled, uh, our student assistant out. He was one of my good friends, David Black. Uh, and I told him, I said, dude, I was like, I know that like, I can do this, but like, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to connect. Like mm-hmm. I don't, because like I said earlier, like this was not something I saw myself doing. So, you know, thinking about how to reach different people, right? Um, because you get, you get so caught up in like your organizations that you're in and, and you know, your group of friends, but now you're being put in a group that is so diverse mm-hmm. uh, because there's so many different people coming from all over the place. So I was so nervous, you know, that I would not be able to make that group feel like a group and feel at home at first. Um, but I mean, all that goes away, like in an instant, sure, yeah. um, that first group meeting, they're coming out to the quad, they're looking for your group sign and, and you're like, Hey, like I'm, I'm over here. Hey, how are you? Like, I'm Jacob. What's your name? And you get to know them like right off the bat. And it's, I think it's just, everybody is so, you know, already hyped up and like happy mm-hmm. and ready to go. Like it's, it's that first day that, all of the, at least the staff, like it's just infectious. Like it just spreads like wildfire. Uh, and so then all those nerves just go away. Cause I, I remember being nervous every point up until I was actually doing my job. Yeah, okay. Like once, once the job started, mm-hmm. I like, I know I'm going Game over time. this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going over hitting this point yeah. with them, going to the next thing, walking them to downtown. Like I mean, it was just a role, a constant role. And like, you just forget about all those nerves. And so then uh, that last session, when it comes around, it's like Elton says it all the time. It's like, guys, this is your last one. Um, we often call it um, these blinks, um, mm. these orientation blinks. Uh, and so we always try and sit around and uh, make sure we take in every moment uh, and don't blink is what we always call it. And so you get to that last session and you're like, man, this is the last time like I'm going to be able to serve these freshmen uh, in this way, because mm-hmm. like Haley just said too, it never stops. Right. Um, and so, but it is your last time, you know, in that summer, in that fun environment. Uh, and so, uh, I just remember going up to all of like my exec, thanking them and saying, Hey, like, I I remember how nervous I was. And like, I don't even, I, I don't have questions for you guys because I know what to do. Uh, and, I, it's just such a great experience and you really do sit there and think, about how you could mess it all up, but then everybody's just so loving and caring and ready to be there that it just goes away. Yeah. And also, you know, to your point, I think for some students, especially they come to orientation and they're kind of nervous in their own way. And you guys as OSLs kind of bring it out of them and get them sort of relaxed and integrated into their, you know, their new home. Yeah. So, you know, it it works both ways before I let you guys go, Elton question for you, Mm. because you're, you know, hands on with the entire sort of first year experience um, here at Tech. Every university has an orientation program. You know, what makes ours special? What makes ours stand out? What makes it important for all these incoming freshmen? Oh man, I was thinking about this in the car. I was like, okay, I need something good to say because because <laughs> Poole had just so many great little one liners, and mm-hmm. that's just who she is. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, how would I like describe orientation? Sure. I feel like at Tech orientation is kind of like this big, you know, it's like this big theme park Mm. Um, at other schools. It's kind of like the Walmart parking lot carnival. And so it's like not to say that it's not fun. It's not a good time and it doesn't, you know, treat what you're needing, but those they're just trying to, you know, 
give you the bare minimum. Um, they're trying to make sure you get advice for classes, um, maybe meet a few organizations, uh, some different people across campus are important. Um, at Tech, we do those things, but that's not our focus. Uh, we tell the orientation leaders at the end of the week, I don't care if they're even advised for classes, honestly. What mm-hmm. I want is that that student that is nervous that comes in, that across those three days, uh, that they come in and they feel like they have someone in their corner. They feel like this is a place where they belong and not only that, a place that they can thrive um, and a place that they can just be their true authentic self and know that whatever, how much ever time I have at this university, um, that it was worth it, that it was meaningful. Um, and so I think that's a little bit of what sets it apart. Um, and it's because we do a three day orientation. So many mm-hmm. other schools do half day sessions or maybe a day and a half, but we were intentional of knowing, um, that getting them here the first day, they're going to be super nervous. They're not going to come out of their shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you send them home at five o'clock on day two, uh, they may have just started getting to that point. Um, and presents is at the end of day two. So mm-hmm. if we're talking, that's the day, that's the point whenever the ice truly is broken and they feel connected to the university. A, a lot of schools kind of end their whole orientation before that even starts. And so thankfully we then have that night and a whole nother half day to continue to establish and uh, root those relationships that these students have made with their leaders. And it's, it's wild to have a student come in on a Wednesday, like nervous, not talking. And then on Friday, like hugging their orientation leader and say, I can't yeah. wait for the fall. This is it. This is where I need to be. This is where I'm meant to be. Um, and it's, it's just as sad for some of these freshmen knowing that, okay, I still got a month left until fall starts as it is for these leaders who are, um, you know, finishing up a fourth session. So I think that's what it is, but it's beyond, you know, the groups that are, you know, represented in this room, you know, the orientation leaders, the exec and the uh, myself, it's every person on this campus uh, that has a part in it. I mean, our, our grounds crew that says we want, we want campus looking nice. They're mowing Mm -hmm. the grass early on Wednesday morning. Um, The people making sure the planters and the flowers and every dorm room is clean. And um, Dr. Geis, who makes such an intentional effort to come down and stand in the hot quad uh, and just talk to students to, um, you know, one of our other exec members, Kinsley Spadafore was a big for social media this year and doing TikToks with Dr. Geis. Like, oh, yeah. This is a guy that um, cares about the student experience so much. Um, and that is just indicative of, of, of everything of what makes orientation special and what, what makes this university special um, are the people that are willing to go out of their way in 100 degree heat to make sure that some freshman from Farmville, Louisiana feels special and that this is a place they can be. Yeah. I mean, we've said it already. It, we may have been done with the fourth, fourth session now and, you know, summer orientation may be over, but it never really ends. I think all three of you are a testament to that. And so um, I know the university is thankful to have such a good team in place year after year. Um, I think it's a good problem to have to consider that every OSL co- cohort sort of builds on the last and um, makes their own mark. So Thank all three of you for what you did this summer, and thank you for being on the podcast today, guys. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, you can check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.